Episode 33, Making Your Dreams Possible. Welcome to the Thriving on Purpose podcast, where you'll learn how to take steps to create a life that you love and enjoy. This podcast will cover mindset coaching and practical tips and tools, sprinkled with intergenerational wisdom and inspiration, and some Torah too. Here's your host, Nechama Weiser, Certified Health and Life Coach. Shalom and welcome to this week's episode. This week, we celebrated 1,000 downloads uh, for the Thriving on Purpose podcast. And uh, for me, that really is quite a celebration. When I started this podcast, I had no idea if people would listen, if it would interest people. Um, And it really was just an effort to get the coaching concept out there into the world to share some of the things that I've learned Um, to share of myself with other people. Um, And I decided to give it a year and see how it goes and see see how many downloads there are, see if it's benefiting people, and then kind of reevaluate. And uh, for me to kind of hit that milestone was really, really exciting. Uh, And just a validation that people are looking for coaching. um, And I always want to be in a position where I offer free value in addition to my one-on-one coaching. Um, And this is a great way to do that and reach as many people as possible. So thank you for listening. Thank you for joining me every week. Even though I don't see you, um, I feel you. um, And uh, this celebration is also celebrating you as well. This week, I would like to talk a little bit about the post that I posted this week about really actualizing your dreams and allowing yourself to dream big. Um, And one of the things that I shared in this post was my own personal example of dreaming and, um, and really being able to achieve that dream. And for those of you who who didn't read the post, I'm going to give a little bit of a recap here. Um, But I do talk a lot on this podcast, on social media, and of course, in my coaching sessions about creating the life that you want, creating an intentional life, designing the life that you love. Um, And I think sometimes when you say those phrases, they can kind of sound fluffy a little bit. Um, But that's why it was important for me to bring my own personal example of how I actually made my dream come true. Um, And the truth is that for me, dreaming has been something that I've done from a very young age. Um, And I had many dreams, some more meaningful, some less. Um, A dream that kind of pops into my head is going to Disney World. Um, I always had a dream of going to Disney World. I wanted to go before I got married, and then I had a dream to take my kids to Disney World. And from that moment of setting that goal of wanting to go to Disney World, seeing myself there, visualizing it. Um, I worked towards that dream and I worked really hard and I saved up the money to go and I went with a dear friend of mine, Nomi, um, and we had a great time. And for me, that was really a dream come true. And skipping ahead a bunch of years later, uh, I did take uh, our family to Disney World. It didn't quite end up as magical as I would have hoped. I got sick and Um, It was actually a pretty challenging trip, Um, but 
that was really an example of a goal that I set for myself, a dream that I had, and it really didn't seem possible at the time. Uh, And yet, I really kept it at the forefront. I figured out a plan of how to get there, and I made it happen. Um, And I think for me, that was a really important process to go through because it essentially showed me that I can dream big. And for me, Disney World at the time was a really big dream and I can make it happen. And I developed that relationship with myself of someone that can dream big and that can think of things that just seem so impossible and make them come true. And in my post going ahead a bunch of years after this uh, Disney trip, um, I, I just always knew that I wanted to work with Olim, with immigrants uh, who were immigrating to Israel. And it was just a passion that I had. I myself made Aliyah, came to Israel with my family um, in 1989. Um, and I think there was just always something about helping that population that really spoke to me. Um, I think it's probably, if I had to kind of analyze it, it would probably be because I don't feel that I got the support that I needed. Um, there was no Nefesh Benefesh. There were no org- organizations. I think there was one um, pretty small organization that helped at the time, but certainly didn't really focus on kids and acclimation um, and education and any of that stuff. So for me, it was really a hard landing. Um, and it was just something that was always in my heart. I was always passionate about it and I always saw myself doing it. But every time I thought about what I should study, like what degree should I get so that I can do that? I just didn't really understand what credentials I needed in order to work in such an organization. And the truth is that many of the people who work at Nefesh Benefesh have you know, other degrees that aren't necessarily related to what they're doing there. You know, an accountant obviously needs to be an accountant, but if you're helping Olim, um, aside from like the social workers and um, that department, a lot of the people working there have very different degrees. Lawyers, um, I'm trying to think, people in business. um, So a lot of other things that are not directly related. So I went, I got a degree in English Lit, and it was okay, it was fine. Um, But when I finished that degree, it really, that same burning question of what do I do now? How do I work in this field that I really am passionate about kind of came up for me again. And I literally, I remember it, it was Friday afternoon, I hopped on the computer, and I just searched organizations that help immigrants to Israel. And I got a list of different organizations, and Nefesh Benefesh was the one that popped up for me. And I saw the list of people who worked there, and there was an acquaintance um, that I had. I don't even remember exactly where I knew her from, um, but I recognized her name. I called her up. She was working there, kind of doing some basic, you know, behind the scenes help for the office. And I spoke to her, and she connected me with someone there. Um, and that's really how my journey started at Nefesh Benefesh. And the kind of work that I was doing there at the beginning was, was pretty mundane. Um, it was filing applications. It was dealing with special requests for the flights because they had chartered flights. It was running errands, getting things from the store. Um, 
but I loved it. I loved it because I loved the energy. Um, at the time, there were seven people working there. I know for anyone who either is working there now or, um, you know, or, or, or knows about Nefesh Menefesh, they're much, much bigger now. Um, but at the time, there were seven, eight people, and it was just the energy and the passion of doing what I loved. But from day one, it was so clear to me that I was going to do so much more in this organization. And I remember, I clearly have an image of moving a pile of applications in the conference room. It was like glass walls. And I remember thinking to myself, one day I am going to be sitting in this conference room. I am going to be reviewing out, uh, reviewing applications. Um, and I am going to be doing so much more than what I'm doing now. And I can, I can literally pinpoint that moment in time because it was so, it was so clear to me. Um, and over time, the organization grew and the departments were formed. Um, and that's really how I kind of built my way up through a lot of hard work, a lot of determination, a lot of grit. Um, and I worked my way up to associate director of Prealia, reviewing those applications, traveling, um, speaking about Aliyah, meeting with potential Olim, um, some of whom live uh, in my hometown here in Efrat, um, and really doing the work that I dreamt of, the work that I loved. And to top that off, I also really wanted to work with students. So I came up with a position within my position um, to be a liaison for student affairs. And, um, and I sat with students and I mentored them and I helped them figure out what they wanted to do. Um, and I kind of mentioned in my post that that was essentially the beginning of my coaching career because I sat with people um, so often and really helped them kind of plan their life, plan what they wanted. And I think for the families, they had a clearer idea of what their post-Aliyah plan was going to look like. But for singles who were coming and were unsure and what degree should they get, um, I was really able to, to guide them and help them. Um, and I know that it's very cliche to say that you have the dream job, but for me, that was my dream job. Um, it was a job that I had dreamt of in my head, and it was a job that I had worked really hard towards, and it was a job that I had. Um, and I added uh, in the post that one of the applications that I reviewed was um, my husband, or my future husband at the time. Um, and it was actually, when I reviewed it, it didn't stand out to me per se, but there were a few people from the office who kind of suggested it. Um, and I was actually on the flight with my husband. Um, so he kind of noticed me. I was dealing with hundreds of Olim, so I can't say that I specifically noticed him. Um, but we were on the same flight. I was working as staff and he was in Ole making Aliyah to Israel. Um, and a few weeks, a few months afterwards, we were set up and we went out and the rest is history. Um, I will say that we gave a lot of thought to the seating on these planes because in our department, we focused on the applications. We reviewed the applications. We knew a lot about the applicants. And for the single applicants, we figured why not seat people next to each other who could have potential to hit it off. 
Um, so a lot of thought went into the seating um, on the NBN flight. I'm not sure how things go now. There are a lot more Olim at this point, so maybe that's not a possibility. Um, but I do know, Dorit, if you're listening, um, we sat for many hours doing the seating together, and um, who knows, maybe there were couples that were formed, maybe that was the first spark, um, but that was definitely um, something that we invested a lot of time and effort in. So a few months after that, we got married. Um, about a year later, we had our first daughter, and I continued to work um, at Nefesh Benefesh. I traveled with her. Uh, my husband worked remotely, so he was able to join us, and I basically brought her to the U.S. I brought her to the U.K. I traveled. I continued with my work. Um, and again, I did that because it was my passion, and I really, really put my heart and soul into this job. Um, and it will always be my dream job. It will be that job that I did with every part of my being. Um, I just loved it. Um, again, not to say that there aren't struggles and hurdles in any job, of course, it's not perfect, but it was exactly what I wanted to do. Um, and uh, after our second daughter was born, I decided that the traveling was too much for me um, and I really wanted to focus more time at home and be with my family. And that is also my passion um, and that was my um, primary passion. It always will be my primary passion, my children, my family. Um, but I brought this example because it was literally it was literally something that I built in my head and then came to fruition. And I am a testament to the fact that you can build your dreams and make them happen. And it starts with, this is what I want. This is where I want to be. This is where I want to go. That's where it starts with, just that statement. And then it's about execution. How do I get there? And I may go this way and I may fumble and I may need to go somewhere else and I may fumble there, but ultimately I will achieve my dream. Um, and if I look at my coaching business, my coaching business was also a dream. And it started from nothing. It started from a decision that I wanted to coach. I wanted to reach as many people as possible. I wanted to have a podcast. I wanted to have one-on-one -on -one clients. And here we are, years later, and I am living my dream. I am doing exactly what I set out to do. And I feel passionate. I know I've mentioned passion a lot in this podcast, but I feel so passionate about getting across this message because while I recognize that we're not always in a position to dream, right? We're in the middle of a war and our security situation is unstable and you may be home with your little kids. You may be single and wanting to get married. You may be dealing with medical issues, Whatever it is, it may not be the ideal time for you to be dreaming big. But when that time comes, when you have a pause, when you have a lull, when you have that stability and you have that opportunity to think ahead, grab it, grab it and decide this is where I'm going. Put that destination in your GPS and make a decision that no matter what, you're going to get there. 
It doesn't matter how long it takes you. It doesn't matter how challenging the road is. It matters that at the end, you will achieve that dream. And like I said in my post, I'm just a simple person. There's nothing special about me and my dreams except that I allow myself to dream and I allow myself the ability to plan and execute the way to get there. And I also don't tie myself down to a certain timeline. So if it takes me a year, great. If it takes me three years, that's also fine. And I think that that's really important. Um, And I also allow myself to fail along the way. And when I do fail, I don't make that mean all kinds of things about me and my abilities and what I can and can't do. And I have to admit, I've gotten better at that because when I was at the beginning, right, when I was at the beginning of my journey, I did allow my failures to kind of bring up all these questions of, is this the right path? And am I doing the right thing? And am I going about it the right way? And now I'm just like, bring it on. These failures are bringing me closer to where I want to be. If it doesn't work this way, I'll find another way. It doesn't matter. I am doing what I am destined to do. I am going to achieve every one of my goals and every one of my dreams. And I bless each and every one of you with the ability to dream, to allow yourself to dream when the time is right, and to remember that no matter how long it takes and no matter how hard it is to get there, you can make your dreams come true. Have an amazing week, and I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Thriving on Purpose with Nechama Weiser. If this episode piqued your interest or inspired you, and you're looking for a health and life coach who can help you up-level your life, then reach out today. Visit NechamaWeiserCoaching.com for details.